Welcome to Food and Loathing, the most gluttonous hour in podcasting. <laughs> and honestly, we ain't half bad at the other six deadly sins. No, things. we're not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Al Mancini, coming to you this week from Oscar's Steakhouse in the Plaza Hotel in downtown Las Vegas, right on the corner of Main Street and Fremont. Yeah. What a great view we have out oh, the window. I love it. Zip liners and... Lots of flashing of lights. Yeah, <laughs> you can see yeah, the canopy. The, the, the sop to the plaza, even though they're not part of the Fremont Street experience, they put in that nice uh, video wall. I was wall looking at that. That's cool. Because the uh, the zip line thing blocks the whole street yeah. when you're at Oscars. And now you can see all these neat photographs going back to Vintage. the turn of the 20th century. Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, Very cool. Uh, mostly Fremont Street. So you're sort of looking down that way yeah. through the decades. And there Amazing. it is, 1930, we're looking at yeah, Fremont yeah, Street yeah, on this yeah. big video screen under the zip line. So cool. And the folks that you are hearing in the background... <laughs> My co-host this week, finally returning from her very oh special Southwest Airlines <laughs> Christmas, is off the strip.com food writer, Samantha Gemini Stevens. Hello. I'm still shuddering from all of it. Can still. you describe it in 90 seconds or so? Yes. Uh, okay. We got caught in the, in the flights debacle with Southwest. I never made it to New York. I ended up getting stuck in New Orleans. We made the best of it. We ate. We drank. I still don't have my bags. <laughs> they, we oh, put them on a plane in Houston uh, two and a half weeks ago, and that's the last. But was it worth it? And I ask this because when you were leaving for that, right, I remember yeah. the day we recorded that day, and I was just in the back of my head, I was like, and I may have said it out loud, but not in a negative way. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. I just don't travel when I know it's yeah. going to be a clusterfuck because I've had too many trips <laughs> ruined. But you seem to roll with the punches and have a lot of fun. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, we were sad that it took us five days to finally kind of land somewhere, and we never got to New York. I missed Eddie Izzard, all of the things. But we love New Orleans. I had taken John there once before. I've been there multiple times. We did. We made the best of it. We found great places to stay, great people to, to hang out with. We made new friends, visited other friends. Yeah. It was, awesome. it was awesome. But you didn't get any alligator cheesecake from Giacomo's. I did not. Oh. I know. Looks like you had a great shrimp po' boy, though. Yes. Uh, Cafe Maspero. Yeah, better than the one I had. Yeah. Ca <laughs> Cafe Maspero had a, a fantastic po' boy and some fried alligator. Um, and, you know, we rolled through. We had oysters and we did a brunch on the river. And we, yeah. Yeah. We really did have Big slushy drinks. No, that's a Vegas thing. Yeah. yeah. They have them there, too. But they I'm not do. a big slushy drink kind of girl. No. Give me a crafted cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> big easy. Well, great cocktail culture. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah, we had a blast. Also, you're hearing him chatter here. Um, back in person this week, after a few weeks, is only a virtual presence on this podcast. Yeah. Perhaps Nevada's greatest engineering marvel since the Hoover Dam. <laughs> yes. Our one and only producer, Mr. Yeah. Rich Johnson. Mr. Not, Johnson. Not a Hoover Dam. The Hoover the Dam. The Hoover Dam. <laughs> I knew somebody once who did so much cocaine, they used to just call him Hoover. For <laughs> <laughs> the vacuum cleaner. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. I always start the show by asking the people, in the room to tell me a bit about what they've been eating lately. It's been a while since either of you have been in the room, so we're probably going to have to stick to the highlights, but yeah. let's kick things off with Gemini. What Absolutely. Up? Hi. So, yeah, so I mentioned a few things in New Orleans, and I'll do a bunch of that on my, on my social media stuff. I want to focus on Vegas. Um, we got home last Monday night. Um, I honestly can't remember where, but we had some just fantastic fried chicken sandwiches that night because we were just dead tired to do anything else. Mm -hmm. Ordered it, had it delivered. I know pe how people feel about that in town. Uh, you can argue about 
that later. Um, <laughs> I've also been doing. Sometimes a, I just don't want to leave my fucking. Right, house pretty much. Deal with yeah, it. I was just done. Like once I got home and yeah. was able to take a shower and put on, you know, what little clothes I have left in my house, then you know, I was fine. Bring it to <laughs> me, damn it! You know what? You do your fair share <laughs> and a couple other people's fair share of supporting local restaurants. If once I'd in like a while you so. to use fucking Uber Eats <laughs> exactly. for hell, you're gonna do it because. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, we always have to talk about James Trees. We laugh about that a lot. Um, I hit both Ada's and Al Salido Posto this week because I wanted to talk to them about their dry January stuff. And of course, I had to have some food while I was there. Um, the butternut squash, I think it's Agnolotti over at El Salido Posto is currently probably my favorite pasta in town. Nice. Super light for what it is. Go get it. Um, had some red dwarf pizza this week. I haven't had that in months. Super delicious. Had it two times in a row. Uh, once without John and I brought it home to him and then once I took him with me. <laughs> red dwarf, for those who are curious, um, craft beer bar yep. and, and kind tiki of a bar. tiki vibe. Yep. Um, they also have, what is the spirit? They're a big rum collection, right? Yeah, really they have good a massive rum collection. Rum collection. I think they've even got one branded for the Red Dwarf, so that's really cool. Cool, and they do Detroit style. They do Detroit pizza. style. Yes. Yep, they're really crispy edges. And it's a bit of a dive bar. A little bit. And I say that yep. with love in my Absolutely. heart for all things diving. Absolutely. Where is it? It's it on the is east on side. Valley View. No, not Valley not View. Valley Vegas View. Valley Drive. I believe. So. Right by Sunrise Hospital off of Maryland. Uh, and it's in a little strip mall kind of thing, kind of dark, but it is well. The signage is really well done. Um, it's a little bit dark inside, but there's like two sides to the bar. You can go straight in through the door and go to one area, or you can go turn right and get on the curvy side of the bar. Um, you have access to everything. You can see everything. They have music sometimes. Definitely one of the big openings of 2022. Yeah, really. absolutely. And I don't know if it won any of the big awards or any of that. It may have gotten a mention in either Eater I hope or, so. or Desert I Companion. I hope so, because their, their cocktail program is great. They're doing a lot of non-alcoholic stuff. I talked to Russell Gardner about a few things the other day. I didn't get them on tape, or I would have had that here today. Um, so yeah, go down to Red Dwarf. Totally worth it. Um, went to Lotus of Siam again last night. New location, um, Red Rock? Red Rock, yep. Second time there. Uh, much better this time. I wasn't feeling too hot last time. So this time my sister was in town. I haven't seen her in three years. So we took her and her um, boyfriend over there. Had a blast. I mean, the service was great. The food is delicious. I posted one photo of the crisp crispy garlic shrimp oh, in, nice. entitled yeah. can you hear this photo because it is just so crispy crunchy it's the only place in my very many years that uh, i've ever eaten the shells on the shrimp it is that wow. good yeah. yeah those shells are um, oh. addictive They're, they like really are yeah i would you know? i would trade potato chips for and According to Penny, they give you your calcium and build strong bones. There you go. There you go. I've tried a couple, <laughs> for a couple of weeks now, like three or four or five days in advance to mm -hmm. look for a reservation, like nothing before nine o'clock or four in the afternoon. Go it to, go it on a Tuesday. Tuesday. I did it, I did it last night. Right. I made the reservation at like 3.30 yesterday and I went in at 6.15. We Boom. should talk about this oh. too. I think in Las Vegas, maybe we'll do a whole show on this, but like online reservations. Mm-hmm show as fully booked much more frequently than a restaurant is fully booked. Correct. In La I don't know if this is exclusive to Las Vegas where they hold a certain number of tables back for, you know, if the casino needs to send people over or yeah. things like that. I don't know that it's but exclusive. We ran into that in New Orleans. Really? We went to Compare Le Pan, which is Brother Rabbit, and uh, online it said it was booked. I called just in case. Oh, no, come on in. We can take two yeah. of you at whatever time. I always totally try to fine. call if I can. Ooh. Yep. And, um, 
and even so, sometimes just walking because sometimes you can't get people on the phone. Yeah. I mean, it, that's we live in a society where nobody wants to talk on a fucking telephone anymore. Right. Yeah. Much more obsessed with texting, mm-hmm. you know, because that's efficient. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, you always, I don't know. I've been able to find that I can get into restaurants that claim to be yeah. booked out. I'm learning that. Yeah. I'm, I'm picking up the phone more often as much as I love my technology. Um, but yeah, it was super easy yesterday wow. on a Tuesday afternoon. So, um, and then, uh, one breakfast I had, uh, was Vesta coffee roasters. Cause I love me some avocado toast and, and black tea from Vesta. Their <laughs> but coffee you're not is a amazing. millennial. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and I did a little cooking. I'm trying to do more cooking in 2023. So, um, I bought some fresh pasta from a, a chef guy that I know online and uh, made that with a kale and black garlic pesto with hazelnuts. And uh, then the other night I did a duck confit, did that sort of low and slow on the oven for a couple of hours and then stuck it in the sous vide overnight, fall apart. It was perfect. Awesome. Took it out the next day, crisped oh. it up, done. So yeah. Bowsers. Yeah, that's Sounds my like week. you've been eating well. Rich, what about you, man? <laughs> uh, talk about, just to, to dovetail on yeah. cooking at home, uh, we had a red pepper pesto mm. that was great. Uh, okay. Yeah, red pepper and and garlic and some nuts and a lot of olive oil and yeah. a lot of parsley. In yep. There. It was on the wild and it had fresh fettuccine that we made. Lovely. But by we, I mean Joanna. <laughs> <laughs> Did it all. I just ate it. I love a good red pepper sauce. Sue does a roasted red pepper mm. sauce for yeah. pasta that I just. This is very mild. I actually threw a few red pepper flakes in there. Yep. Oh, okay. You're talking chili peppers. Pepper. No, no. We're talking like a red bell pepper. Like roasted oh, okay. red, red peppers. Pepper. And then you threw some yeah. chili peppers into that. I, yeah. A little oh, okay. nice. There you go. Big, two big things I did. I, I went to CES, known to actual humans as the Consumer <laughs> Electronics Show. Food Noon to hookers as payday, yeah. payday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say AVN at the same time. The adult video uh, thing. They, well, I, I was not referring to porn stars as I know. Hookers. I was referring to the actual Act- hookers oh, who absolutely. fly in for yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but Fair the, enough, yes. the genius of putting the porn show around the same time, yeah. was, what, that, 30 that, years ago or so, they yep. started doing that. Uh, the food tech section at CES was kind of sparse. I found a smart hot plate that somehow remembers what you cooked. But it's a hot plate. A camera inside a <laughs> fridge, which sounds oh. to be like the end of civilization. I don't know. I kind of like that one. <laughs> I, I'm surprised Gemini didn't get that yeah, on yeah. the fridge. But, <laughs> yeah, it's it's there are fridges with those in there because yeah. it's hooked up to an app and it knows everything in your fridge yep. and tells you when things are starting to go and suggests recipes for mm-hmm. it. The, the noble idea of reducing food waste. Because I know I have a lot of crap in my yeah. my fridge that goes bad. Oh no, trust me. My wife tries yeah. to force feed me fucking everything, <laughs> and I'm like, and say like, I'm gonna cook this because it's gonna go bad. Yeah. But you just have to eat it for lunch. I'm like, how many lunches do you think I eat in a fucking day? Right. You know? <laughs> uh, the most intriguing thing I found was from Japan, a small standalone automated restaurant, as they called it, uh, basically an Asian food version of Buddy V's pizza vending machine. And I talked to the guy behind the food that is inside. Okay, my name is Kua. I'm the chief culinary officer for Yokai Express. Uh, so we are actually an autonomous restaurant in a box, if you will. Uh, basically, it's a ramen vending machine. That's how we started. Because we choose ramen to start because 10, 15 years ago, in the U.S., ramen fever spotted, right? So we, we picked... Uh, ramen, but we don't limit to ramen right now. We have varieties of food that I keep creating. We can do like pasta, we can do Vietnamese beef, we can do Thai tom yum gong soup, you know, and and you know chicken teriyaki rice plates. So once you come up to our kiosk, um, 
you can go in there and then choose. See pictures of the various foods and their prices. Correct. And then you will just pick what you want. And everything is cashless. Once you pay, uh, it comes out in 90 seconds. Uh, our food is all fresh ingredients, no, no preservative, no dry noodle, none of that nonsense. I know it's hard to wrap around uh, people's mind that, you know, how can a, a, a food from vending machine is restaurant quality or fresh ingredients? But once you try it, you understand. Well, that means whoever owns them or whoever runs it is there every day, if not twice a day, refilling the thing, right? I would what we are hoping for, you know. And this thing is about a little over six feet high in American, about four and a half feet wide, about four feet deep. How many individual items can you store in this thing? So we can put this our latest version. Uh, we can store 50 balls in there. And if we would like, we can do 50 different varieties. And Kua says they, they don't have any machines here yet, but they did have a conversation with the Venetian. He was talking out of school. That'd be a great compliment to Buddy V's machines. I mean, it's, it's a ramen machine. They could put 50 different things, mm -hmm. one of each, but more I, like I don't know that the appeal things. is as much for like, okay, like here's the deal. With cake, Buddy V's, yeah, your Vegas, it's late at night. Oh, that slice you know, thing. You get a, you yeah. a slice of rainbow cake. You're a little high. You're whatever. <laughs> you're a little drunk. But like slurping down a bowl of ramen in that condition out of yeah, a machine yeah. does. It seems a little out more of a machine. Awkward, probably you know? not. Yeah, because I'm probably yeah. standing on the street somewhere in the middle of a casino. Yeah. Where, well, yeah. I mean, I guess bringing it back up to the room in a hotel type situation. Sure. Okay. Yeah, we'll get some ramen to the yeah. room if you don't want to do food. You know, room service. But I don't know. It just to me soups out of a machine. Just doesn't make sense. As he it. said, they're all fresh ingredients. They they train them it off is, a lot. It has more to, to do with the type of food I want to eat when I'm in a ah. situation oh, where well. I go to a machine. Yeah. Like if this were in an automat type of deal, right, where they're like cafeteria tables, okay. But like, you know, usually you yeah. get shit out of a machine. You're on the run. You're walking. Yeah, yeah. You're not eating soup. <laughs> on the other hand, if you're on the... I don't know, maybe you know, people eat soup on the move. I don't. <laughs> you're on the overnight shift at Amazon or something and yeah. nothing else. Or your plane just got uh, delayed at 3 oh, a.m. and all I the places I am all are about closed. it now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, look, I could see it working in airports. I could see yeah. it working yeah, in... Yeah, because they close everything offices. else at I'm like, just talking about on uh, on, in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right maybe now. not. Uh, I went to Winco last week. I haven't been to one of those in years. First time I've been in a long time, indeed. There's a big one at Buffalo at the Summerlin Parkway. I think oh, it's yeah. a couple of years old. I forgot that it is really as big as a Costco, mm -hmm. and it's just the food. A massive bulk food section. Yep. Spices, flowers, all kinds of good stuff. A lot of inexpensive stuff there and a lot of cheap stuff. And with that comes a lot of customers who can't afford anything but the cheap stuff. And that is a lesson I occasionally need to remind myself about. As much as I love going to Whole Foods, Winco serves a whole other market that is in very much need of being mm -hmm. served. Uh, you watch somebody silently do the math about 93 cents for this can versus 97 cents for this can or something, and it's a little humbling. You know, I'm not rich, but I do live comfortably, and I can usually afford what I want to eat. But it's uh, it's good to go in there once in a while and remind yourself about uh, no, look, what else is going on and count your blessings. I, I agree with you 100%. You know, a few years ago, probably several years ago at this point, I took what was called the Snap Challenge, which was a challenge to dine for a week or maybe it was yeah. five days. I can't quite remember. But the challenge was to set a food budget for yourself that was equal to what people received through the Snap program, better known as food stamps. 
And I believe today that's about $4 a day. I'm not sure what oh it was when God. I did this yeah. challenge. Uh, I not only took the challenge, but I documented my choices on both social media and in an article I wrote for uh, City Life or Seven or somebody. And man, I learned a lot, not only about what tough choices you have to make when you're eating on that kind of a budget, but also about how much less healthy the choices get as you reduce uh -huh. your budget. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's like I can't afford fresh broccoli. Let me go look at the frozen broccoli. Oh, wow. It's cheaper, but there's a lot more sodium in it. And then let me go look at some canned vegetables. Oh, they're a lot cheaper, but they're fucking packed with sodium and yeah. all this yeah. other shit. Right. And, um, so I learned a lot about that, but I also learned like what kind of asshole judgmental assholes people are when they look at what <laughs> other people buy. Um, because honestly, like whether it was on social media or just people eyeing me in line or whatever, um, you know, People would just criticize what I was eating, believing it was a splurge when I was buying something that was on clearance, and that's the only reason I bought it. Or they'd yell at me online because of how unhealthy, unhealthy my it is. canned yeah. vegetables were, like as if I didn't know that. Um, because you know, people but that's love what to fit into your four dollars, right? Yeah, yeah. People oh love to criticize. They don't like to help. If no. you want to help, Three Square. That's all I'm going to yep. say. Go to threesquare.org, donate, feed your hungry yeah. neighbors. And the uh Trivia challenge that's no good because I gave you the answer right there. <laughs> what does WinCo mean or stand for? What? It is the states in which the store originally served. Washington, Idaho, Nevada, California, Oregon. <laughs> and now they're also in Arizona, Montana, Oklahoma, I Texas, don't know if that's one of the most creative branding things I've ever heard or one of the laziest branding lazy. things I've I'm ever heard. Lazy. The great thing about WinCo is it is totally, it's a private company, yep. employee owned. That's what I heard. And so, man, they are motivated. They they get it done in there. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay, my turn. Yeah, what'd yeah. you eat? Yeah, what? Look, well, I got to say, my efforts to bring Sue into Vetri Cucina at the Palms continue to be thwarted no. at every turn. <laughs> <laughs> we tried again, forgetting that CES was in town, and oh. arrived to find the folks from BMW had bought out the restaurant for a few hours. <laughs> well, so yeah. rather than wait for them to leave, man, I just went downstairs and had some bites at the bar at Scotch 80 Prime. We were just going to do the bar at Vetri that, that yeah. night. Yeah. Um, and man, I uh, with Scotch 80 Prime, I continue to be blown away by how fucking good that place is. Uh, we just added it to Neon Feast as one of the top off-strip steakhouses and a few other categories. I think it's in there. Desert Companion just named it New Restaurant of the Year. They are just phenomenal, both front and back of the house, and it goes well beyond the steaks when we're talking about the food. Uh, Sue and I had an amazing tiradito, which if you're not familiar, it's basically the Peruvian spin on a crudo or a sashimi. Um, so a lot of different um, uncooked fish, just packed with contrasting flavors, spices and textures. I should have said it's similar to ceviche as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, But lots going on in there. We also went old school with some excellent oysters, Rockefeller. Whoa. Mm. And then we split an order of the lobster fry fried rice, um, which is really great, and I love the serving container they do for that. Um, the chef sent out some bites of A5 Wagyu um, with caviar and then an A5 sandwich that he's workshopping. Everything was Does amazing. Does he need more tasters? Yeah. <laughs> Head on over and ask for Chef Marty, man. He's so fucking good. Oh, Marty's he's amazing. So good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what more I could say. I love this restaurant. Uh, on Saturday, we went over to the Smith Center to see Bugs Bunny at the Symphony. Or some how was that? It was a lot of fun. Man. Oh my I gosh! <laughs> I mean, I grew up on Kill the Wabbit, yeah! Kill the Spirit, yeah. Helmet, you know. So, 
Um, and that's the most you'll hear me sing on this show. Ever. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I, I loved that. And it was a lot of fun. I got my picture taken with bugs in the lobby during intermission. Um, but we followed it up with a visit to 8 East at Ooh, Circa. Oh, yes. You know, I love the restaurant. I know Rich loves the I place. do. Absolutely. Yep. I really wanted to make sure Sue, who'd only eaten there once before, and I think spent more time, we spent that trip more time um, just sipping whiskeys than food. So I want to make sure she loves the place. Um, so I overordered so she could have more to try. Uh, so we did the Thai beef jerky, which is the most flavorful and delicious spin on that dish that I have ever had, even mm. if it is a tad spicy for my wimpy palate. <laughs> uh, the dumplings were great, thanks in large part to the excellent sauce that comes with them. We did them steamed this time. Uh, I love the way the Dan Dan noodles combine just a hint of the peanut mm. flavor with just enough Szechuan peppercorns or whatever to slightly <laughs> numb your mouth. Ah, you know, the you get sort of like yes. You've been stung by a stingray or something <laughs> vibe and you're... On your tongue. Um, cumin lamb chops are exactly as described. Lots of cumin, tasty lamb. I was not blown away by the mixed mushrooms. Needed a bit more seasoning, but, you know, I'm not complaining. I'm just mentioning. Uh, then we did the brisket fried rice, which I ordered Vital Vegas style as a tribute to our friend Scott Robin, who loves that combo so much. What they makes it his style? Unofficially. They've unofficially named it on him. There's actually a button on <laughs> the POS it. system. But it just means to add a couple of skewers of chicken to okay. the brisket fried rice. Now, look, you know, Scott mentioned something when I posted the picture on social like oh, he'll leave it to me to decide whether that makes sense and my answer is no it doesn't make any fucking no. sense at all and to be honest I don't even think it brings anything to the table but I love Scott and if he likes it that way there I just go. order it every once in a while as a tribute to him but Rich <laughs> it, it I know brings you really it good chicken skewers to the table literally <laughs> how many times I mean I, I can't think of a lot of things I think about stir fry I think about you know like just when do I ever really want to mix beef and chicken in the same exact dish? I don't do I that don't. often. Yeah. And I don't know why anybody would. I'm not saying it's wrong to do it. And if you like to do it, fuck yeah, Go for do it. it. Yeah, do your thing. Beef, and chicken, shrimp, lo mein. You know, the imperial or the tri yeah. that every cheap little I guess I never do chip those, strip mall place has. I love that. Yeah, I yeah. never do it that way. And I really, yeah, I for, for personally... I'd have the skewers of chicken on the side, and I'd have the brisket fried rice. I yeah. think they'd be, both be great. But I love Scott Robin. We love yeah. Vital Vegas, and I like to make you know I love to do that for him. So yeah. um, you know, it's it's a good dish. Um, finally, I ate at Limoncello, but we will discuss that and its new chef in the news section. Oh, that's a tease if uh, ever there was one, and the news will be coming up. But first, Al's interviews with the, a former child pop star and a celebrity chef—the very definition of Celebrity Chef, I think, so stay tuned. But if you're tuned, that means you're listening on some radio, and you need to tell me about that because we don't have a tuner. It's a fucking podcast. Are you stoned right now? Because you just <laughs> no, I'm a little stream it. of consciousness thing. Bad ADD, <laughs> age, senior onset ADD. Anyway, oh, I know what this is. This is Food and Loathing. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here you are in Vegas, you're hungry, and the choices are endless. But do you really want to trust the crowd? You can trust Neon Feast. Restaurant recommendations from real food pros sharing where they send friends and family. 
All that knowledge is just a download away on the Neon Feast app. Want the strip? Off strip? Downtown? Great views? Great value? Find smart, informed restaurant recommendations on the Neon Feast app and neonfeast.com. Michael Mina's Strip Steak has reopened after being closed for renovations. Al dropped by this week to scope out the room and have a very short chat with a rep about what was going on. He was surprised to be greeted by none other than Chef Michael Mina himself and Chef Kyle Johnson. This restaurant was closed for most of the month of December, maybe a little longer, I'm not sure. But How long were you closed for the renovation? Close to three months. So longer than I even remember. And it looks fantastic. But Chef, I mean, I remember being in here for the opening night of this. I believe um, Andre Agassi was sitting in the PDR in the back. And I don't know how many years ago that was. But what made you decide it was time to give this a revamp, a remodel? And also, was there ever any thought of just totally rebooting it as a new concept? Because you've done that a lot with your restaurants in the past. Absolutely. Uh, funny you ask about that. We'll get to that. That'll be the. <laughs> we'll get to that. But um, honestly, it's been 16 years, and you know, I think that strip steak. You know, you know, I've done nine steakhouses since strip steak, but strip steak was still the first. It was the first steakhouse we ever did, and you know, Super Potato designed the restaurant originally, and and I always, you know, absolutely loved the design, loved what what they had put together back then, and you know. I think to answer your question about did we ever consider a new concept, the answer is no. Um, this is still the most successful restaurant in the whole Mina Group portfolio. Um, and it was never about um, about pivoting from the concept. It's It was always about, say, you know, having that opportunity. I, say, I, I tell, you know, I've done this now a couple times where talked about this restaurant and what something that I think is just really special is when you have this opportunity you know knock on wood fortunately I've opened at a lot of restaurants but it's pretty rare when you have something that's truly an institution and you get the chance to remodel the whole restaurant and relaunch the whole restaurant and to me there's an excitement about that because you've got this amazing staff that's been with you for, I mean, a lot of them have been here since the beginning. And just being able to say, okay, now where can we push it to? Where can we take it? And that's really what the, the goal was here and the objective was here. And it's worked out really well. And yeah, because you have, what is it, bourbon steak that's all around the country and around the world, right? So for people who may know a bourbon steak but don't know a strip steak, what's the main difference between those concepts? Yeah. So strip steak has really evolved over time. Um, bourbon steak is kind of that quintessential, the name kind of says it, it's that quintessential modern American steakhouse. Strip steak has really morphed into what we continue to grow it out to be is, is the, the idea of this, of a, you know, having that, that modern American you know, steakhouse that's very product-driven, very technique-driven, but really melting it together with a lot of Japanese and Asian influence, but really Japanese influence. And so uh, the type of place that is a little bit, um, you know, I would say that uh, the whole goal here with the menu and with the food was a lot of shareability, a lot of lighter, very flavorful, high-flavor appetizers that are, you know, uh, things that you, you know, that you can share because they're already cut into bite-sized pieces so that the dining experience kind of has an evolution to it where 
you have this a lot of really fun shared appetizers and then you can continue to share through your entrees and then the entrees start to lean a little bit more towards that uh, American steakhouse so you kind of get the best of both worlds and I feel like this location which is right for those who may not remember where strip steak is in Mandalay Bay if you haven't been in town in a while it's just as you really leave the casino floor and start walking out to the convention center so I feel as though that bar is sort of beckoning people to maybe come in right after a convention and have some of those small bites that you're talking about and then they sort of get sucked in because the food's so damn good that you're just gonna stick around for dinner so is that the goal there it always is. You know, again, like I think about, I think as you get, you know, as you continue to get uh, older and as kind of decades go by and you, you start to cook a lot for and, you know, create concepts in the way in which you want to eat when you go out. And that's really, to me, strip steak is like exactly the way I like to eat. And a lot of people that, you know, we eat together like to eat is where you get to taste a lot of different flavors and different dishes because you're sharing you're having a bite or two but um and then but it's still you know focus you know focus those appetizers on high flavor but you know a lot of lighter appetizers and then you you know and then you get to indulge more in your steak and sides and and you know sides are obviously are very shareable and that's kind of the way that you know strip steak has always been and that's the way that you know we want people to eat when they come to the bar. You're, you're always still going to start with the trio of fries, which, you know, that'll always be here. That's what I was getting to. How many of these classics are still there? Because those, those fries, describe the fries for people who may not know, or perhaps Chef Kyle wants to. Who wants to talk about those fries? I'll talk about the fries. So everyone in our restaurant gets a trio of French fries, and currently we're serving a nice dill pickled spice with just our classic ketchup. And then we do our truffle fries, which everyone raves about, and just toss a little bit of Parmesan and truffle oil and a truffle aioli and then finally we do a nice spicy ranch who doesn't love a little ranch dressing and a nice fiender mix on the on those trio french fries on the third and they are all cooked in duck fat correct that is yes we cook them all in duck fat yeah absolutely yeah why not (laughs) now duck fat fries it's such a classic dish so um before we talk a bit more about the actual design and the look let's talk about the menu because i have chef kyle here one of the things that has always impressed me about the mina group Uh, And there are only a couple other groups like yours that that I could say this about is run by a celebrity chef who seems very comfortable not only giving a certain amount of freedom to his local executive chefs to express themselves, but also giving them the attention, letting you guys go on TV, letting you guys develop a name for yourself. I've always found that very refreshing about what Chef Mina, what you you do, sir, and the fact that you're willing to share share the credit. So how much of the menu has been redesigned, Chef Kyle, and um, how much freedom do you really get? Because from the outside, it looks like you get a lot. I do get a lot of freedom, and I'm very lucky to work with Chef Michael, and I'm very lucky to work with guys like Adam Sobel and Gerald. And it's you know it's a team. Not you know not one person is responsible really for any restaurant, from the general manager to your wait staff to your cooks, and it's everyone going all in to ensure that we really deliver an, uh, an excellent product. You know, for myself, I do have a lot of freedom um, on this menu, and Michael supports that. And we talk a lot about menu items and tastings and techniques. And one thing that I've always loved about this group, I've been with them for eight years now, is we're a product-driven, technique-driven 
thoughtful organization that you know every single day we were looking at the at the every single detail and scrutinizing things and challenging one another and even if someone's hard on one another it's because we know that we're just striving for excellence and so there is a lot of you know a time where we developed this menu being down um, for that and um, you know Gerald and I were able to really put our heads together with Chef Mina and, and drive what we wanted this this uh, menu to be and you know where it stands today we're very proud of it so when I think back to the classics I've been eating here for 16 years, instant bacon, I think, has been on from the very beginning. And then I think most not that long ago, Gerald Chin put the um, the caviar Twinkie on the menu, I think I remember. So the, so that's that's one old, one new. Are those both still on the menu? And what else? Okay, so now um, the caviar Twinkie has evolved into a caviar donut. Uh, yeah, so what we do now is we take a nice little jelly-filled donut with a yuzu curd and then top it with some nice caviar. Um, those are uh, meant for the table to share. Really delicious. Uh, so unfortunately, the Twinkie is, has, um, you know, pin out to, uh, put out to pasture for the time being, right? Um, and then the instant bacon still remains and some of those other classics. I think the, the, the spicy pork belly fried rice is another one of those um, items that, um, you know, is a staple here. In, in, in this restaurant. So you'll start, you, we, we were very um, aware of things that people were craving and we're always striving for craveability and keeping those and, you know, re, you know, retooling them a little bit and making sure that we're still making sure that everything is, um, again, executed properly. And then there's some, a lot of fun new things as well. A lot of fun new things. And it is tough in a city with, um, with so many steakhouses and so many great steakhouses. I mean, there's a steakhouse in every casino that would be the best steakhouse in most other cities in Las Vegas. How do you keep it original? How do you keep it, and how do you find a niche for yourself? And this is for either one of you guys. Well, I, I mean, I think, look, the heart and soul of strip steak, which will never change, always started with the butter poaching and that whole technique, the 900-degree grill, the, you know, the perfectly butter poached steaks before they go on that grill. That technique will never change. That technique, to me, still is the best way you can cook a steak. Um, and so that that remains absolutely intact. And then, uh, like uh, Chef Kyle said, you know, it's it, it's always about evolving and you know and and being um, critical of what people want to eat when they want to eat it. So, like you you said about the Twinkie, so it wasn't like we could just get we wanted to just get rid of the Twinkie. We wanted to evolve and 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 obviously doing the little uh, yuzu jelly donuts is great, but. A big part of why we also did that is something you're going to taste tonight, which is the black truffle cornbread. And so that, that, the base of that is very similar to the base of what the Twinkie was made out of. But we wanted to, you know, it's kind of funny, like all the years we've been cooking, I've actually never made truffle cornbread. And you think about it, and corn and truffle go so well together. And so, so that's something that, you know, we, we wanted to put on the menu because it's something that everyone can get and everyone can try it. And, and, um, and, you know, I think that when you look at the menu, the way you asked, it's about 70% new. Um, and because we expanded the menu quite a bit. Um, also, you know, um, that was something that, uh, we wanted to do because we also, um, added the private room to the restaurant. And so when we expanded the menu, that was part of that really going towards that shareability. But again, really looking at what people want to eat and what, how people are eating. And I think that that's, you know, when you go through it where you have the, you know, the, the, um, compachi, uh, little, um, hand rolls, you know, crispy nori hand rolls to what we call the, the tuna nigiri, which is like spicy tuna on a 
on a crispy rice cake, but with a piece of sashimi over the top. Um, things like that that are very shareable. We still have the steak tartare um, on the appetizers. And then we did put a crab cake on the menu. <laughs> Finally, something people asked for forever. Not going to be infused like the one that I saw the Voltaggio brothers make with Adam. And, and no, not, not infused with marijuana, though, right? No, 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 no. <laughs> um, really fun chicken and dumpling dish that's got foie gras dumplings and... and uh, and so, you know, having fun with some of the classics, and then I'm going to let Kyle tell you about the prime rib because it's really unique what he's doing the technique he does on that, too. Well, chef, tell me about the prime rib. Okay, so what we do is uh, if you look, you know, look over your, your shoulder, we have our, our aging cases. So what we like to do is put a little age on our prime rib and then uh, cover them in duck fat. And that's essentially, uh, which, which is really nice, is because the, the duck fat allows the, the dry aging to go a little bit longer, stay a little bit more mellow, and then it imparts a ton of, lot of flavor. And then to the, the, the acidity in, in the fat itself starts to break down uh, the beef as well, which brings it, makes it a little bit more tender. And then we make prime rib out of that. Um, so we pull off the fat, we season it really nicely uh, with traditional prime rib seasonings, and then we roast it really slow and low for about three and a half hours. Uh, and then it's done with a uh, house-made... Uh, au jus, right? Um, so I literally took um, that classic French dip, right? If you're in LA and you're in Coles or Philippe's, that, that au jus dip with Worcestershire and, and, and onion powder, and then add a, a crazy amount of truffles to that, right? And then we do a nice blue cheese stuffed popover, right? So we make a traditional Yorkshire pudding and then we uh, inject it with a little blue cheese espuma. Freshly uh, grated horseradish and uh, fresh black truffles. Do you have a prime rib cart that you bring out to the table for that, or just you plate it in the back? Uh, we plate this one in the back currently, yeah. So, because the main reason I came was to talk about the redesign, the place looks beautiful. Can you tell me what you were going for, what, what the goal is, what kind of vibe you're trying to create? Yeah, I mean, look, we love the vibe that Strip Steak already had. Strip Steak, to me, was that tweener. It was kind of that perfect steakhouse that gave you uh, that, gave you that the, the kind of that chic elegance that it always had but you felt comfortable when you came to the restaurant you uh um it had enough of a vibe but not too much of a vibe right <laughs> if you know what i mean just like it just the the right amount of vibe so what we wanted to do was kind of warm it up a little bit but continue to to really look at you know when you really start looking i always say like to start with you know like here we were very fortunate we already you know great lighting great sound those things are very important but then you start looking at how people use your room and that's what was really is always fun about remodeling a restaurant is because we put in these booths i don't know how many of them there are there's probably like 18 or 20 booths the rounded booths which always you know i think people love to be in a scene but they like to have their own space and i think that that was something that strip steak was missing it was um we were able to kind of take that um maybe what was what was back you know when we originally designed strip steak was a little bit more of that sea of tables take that away and break it up with different types of seating but still in the room where you still feel the energy of the room and then removed all the glass um which was kind of we had used to create private rooms to create separation and just opened up the room and so you could really see the sparkle of the bar and how the bar you know has been remodeled as well and the whole, the whole room's been remodeled and then just really worked on that like you said that bar area that you see right when you come when you're walking when you're walking through the halls here um 
just opening that up and making that really attractive with tall tables and short tables and and creating a real cool cocktail lounge area. And then the biggest part of it was creating a 60-seat private room, which we didn't have before, that's completely private and, um, and you know, just very... Very well done. <laughs> I, I love the, how that room came out, and we have a wine cellar in there as well. Um, what's next for the Mina Group in Vegas? Since I have you here, um, as of right now, we're you know, I, look, Vegas is uh, you know has been. I, I can't even say you know, Vegas has been so good to me. Yeah, and so there will always be something that's next. Nothing right now, but but you know, you're you've always been a huge supporter, and as soon as there is something that we that we can tell you, you definitely will get together with you and tell you. But definitely want to keep keep expanding in Vegas. I love it. And Al got back to his music journalism roots this week. He chatted via Zoom with '80s child pop star. Tiffany. Yes. She has her own online food club, a food Facebook page, and her 11th album called Shadows came out in November. And next month, she's co-hosting a food and music event with our friend Alicia Chevetone right here in Las Vegas on February 4th. Al, take it away. Joining me via Zoom right now, um, a musician that I'm sure everybody out there has heard of. Not the not the kind of musician. Well, we don't usually do musicians on this show, so this is a lot of fun for me. But um, she had a huge hit in 1987 with her cover of Tommy James's I Think We're Alone Now. And um, also Could Have Been was a big hit for her. But I think when I say I think we're alone now, everybody knows that I must be talking about Tiffany, the youngest female artist ever to top the Billboard out- charts with her debut album, Tiffany, how are you doing? And thanks for calling in today. Well, thank you. I'm doing well. Yes, everything is good. That's that's awesome. Um, it's great to hear from you. I'm trying to, you know, I, I mentioned some of your early hits, and I think a lot of people just flash back to those. But it seems to me that you have been a constantly working artist um, throughout the years. Your 11th studio album, Shadows, was released in November. I think I may have interviewed you at some point in the late 90s when I was back with ABC News Radio. Um, were you doing? Were you out and promoting stuff back then? Am, am I, is my memory failing me, or, or was that a possibility that we would have talked? Oh, no, definitely. Probably. I mean, you know, I've been doing music consistently, uh, behind the scenes and in front of the scenes in all different ways, mostly on the road, um, do a lot of shows uh, yearly. So, yeah, I mean, I'm still doing doing my thing. Shadows has just released a new album, 11th album, like you said, and just getting it going. We're starting production for the rehearsals for the new show, um, designing right now, set, we're doing working on the set and wardrobe and all that kind of stuff. So here in Nashville today, my home where I'm living and but busy, you know, spinning all the wheels. I mean, you know, it's the new year, so you got to come out strong. And of course, my new company, Let's Food with Tiffany, is bringing me to Vegas. So, yeah, there's a lot going on. But um, behind the scenes, I've always been writing and producing songs and growing as an artist. And now I think I'm just living my best life at this point. So I'm very thrilled to have That's you the- out. That is amazing. And there are so few artists who are able to maintain a musical career where you can just go out, make original music, play what you want to play over decade after decade. So, you know, I think that's a huge accomplishment. And um, I don't know, is there a secret to that for all these young artists who are having it? You know, I see people who have a hit one day and then, you know, 
they're just done, you know, 10 years later, five years later, even. Is there a secret to being able to be out doing it for, for decade after decade and still finding an audience and still being able to play what you like? Well, I think that's it. I mean, you just have to be, you know, inventive a little bit. Um, sometimes you just have to kind of go roll with the, with, with the punches, you know? I mean, I'm very grateful for, I think we're alone now. So I'm never uh, bigger than that, if you will. I'm very proud. The girl from Norwalk who just wanted to sing at nine years old, twirling around in her bedroom, who didn't know anything about the music industry, that it happened. So, I mean, for that, I have to be grateful every day. But, and of course, as a musician, there's been things that I've wanted to show and grow and show people that I really have the chops and that I'm a valid musician. So that's taken some time. Definitely, there's been ebbs and flows there, successes and failures and all of that in any career, I really think. But now, you know, it's it's like, seems like all the dots are connecting. Um, and I'm thankful. And I just really think it's about doing the work. I just kept going. Uh, no matter what, this is my passion. And I just kept doing it. Well, that is awesome. But of course, we are a food podcast and we're here to talk to you. And I don't know, you know, this may surprise some people who only know your music, but those who follow you closely, this shouldn't come as any surprise. Um, you are a foodie. Um, you have a Facebook page called Let's Food with Tiffany. You had briefly, or I don't know, I, I guess I need you to explain the Tiffany Cooking Club because I've seen some stuff about this online and it, it appears that you were looking to study cooking actually pre-pandemic and then that happened. You were going to go down to New Orleans and you decided to sort of start a cooking club for your fans and get into that cooking online thing. So could you explain how your love of food developed and what these online projects are that you do and how you connect with your fans over food? Well, the cooking club kind of started again in the pandemic with everything being creative and, you know, not losing my mind because I'm not a stay at home kind of person. So again, going back to traveling all the time and uh, I was always cooking for the band and I, you know, I can't really eat a lot of processed food. So Airbnbs and then, of course, meeting different people along the way, food and music. There's always events for me to you know, attend and I'm around these great chefs and other foodies. And it kind of just all started really to kind of manifest in COVID. I thought, what can I be doing to share experiences, definitely keep myself sane, feel connected to people. I can't travel right now. I can't do live music cooking, you know, and that really spoke to my heart anyway, because I was missing my relatives, my grandma. So I started sharing that more and more with the fans um, and doing their recipes. And that led to a cooking club. And now that's like growing, you know, you get to Zoom with me and you get to see my recipes there. I do five to 10 a month um, exclusively there. And you get, like I said, you get to Zoom with me. We come up with recipes together. It's a different take on Tiffany. It's more personable. It's more at my home, on the road, cooking for the band, um, you know, behind the scenes food stuff that is so much in my life. Obviously, as I travel, I get to, again, go to all these wonderful restaurants from high end to mom pop places. And so it's really a way to travel with me as well, if you, if you will. So that's, you know, kind of what the cooking club, they get to see all of the behind the scenes, like I said, the band and a lot of different footage that maybe the musical side of things we don't show. The reason we're having you on today and what I really want to talk to you about is you're coming to Las Vegas. You're doing an evening with Tiffany at the Space LV. Um, it's going to 
include uh, you performing at some point, but also um, you're teaming up with a good friend of this podcast, Alicia Shevatone, and who does some amazing food events here in Las Vegas. So could you tell me about what you and Alicia have planned for February 4th at The Space? Well, we have an intimate evening, again, you know, experience with Tiffany. We've come up with a great menu, inspired, of course, by she has a great tzatziki sauce. And we were quite quick friends. Um, And I have to say she's mentor to me now. And I really love that. She had just reached out watching my cooking club and said, that's kind of how I started. You know, you keep going and I love your passion and um, and I'd like to pair something with you. So this is our first event, of course, TIFF Takeovers I've been doing in Florida and different places in Nashville. But this is, you know, coming to Vegas and I'm thrilled about it to be working with Alicia. And again, you know, going back to the menu, it's a little wink, wink back to the Lebanese cuisine with you've got your hummus and your tabbouleh done a little differently um, and shrimp skewers. And of course, we're doing a turkey meatball. So that is fantastic. And I was thrilled to be able to have an opportunity to partner with her on the menu. And, you know, I'm still a student. I'm a big foodie, again, meeting so many people. And um, but, you know, any take I can get into a kitchen with somebody and learn different techniques and just, you know, that pairing, it's like creating a song. Uh, It's, you know, it's awesome. It's a one of a kind experience. Cool. So people will be coming and they'll be eating some of your recipes prepared by you as well as some of Alicia's. Is that how it works? And then, of course. Yeah. Well, actually, it's just the one uh, plate of food and you'll be treated with the VIP experience. So those who are doing the VIP have the full experience. Um, We're excited to do, of course, the meet and greet and step and repeat. I mean, I'm hosting. So this is a chance to get down, you know, to like some conversation, some fun selfies and just really have a moment. Um, And I think that that's so different than a lot of my other shows because I'm usually doing a full show and off and running. So it's, you know, the meet and greets have to be pretty timely. But this is really an evening of food and music. And then, of course, we'll get up and do a a concert, which is acoustic, um, for The Shadows' new album. So I'm very excited because, again, that's the only place that everybody's going to be able to see this performance is at these acoustic performances, intimate dining experiences. Wow, that that sounds great. It sounds like an amazing evening. One more time for everybody. It's Saturday, February 14th. It's at the Space LV. And if I have the info, I just went online yesterday to make sure tickets were available. I saw there were tickets available for $60 or $150. That's the price range for that. Tickets available now. We'll get everybody, as we come out of this interview, we'll hit them with the URLs where they can go and purchase tickets. But is there anything else I need to let people know about this event? I'm just going to be there with bells on and I can't wait and just have a great time uh, that evening with everyone. Again, it's so intimate. It's so personable. um, And we're rocking shadows. So a sneak preview to some of the new music out there. And of course, uh, the great food. Alicia, of course, is amazing chef, top celebrity chef. And, um, you know, and I'm starting on my way. So I'm very proud to be hosting with her on February 4th. Well, it sounds great, and um, I hope to be able to drop by and say hi when you're there, and I hope a lot of my my listeners go out and check it out. Thanks so much. I know you're busy preparing for the tour. I really appreciate you finding some time for us, and best of luck with the new album and with the tour, and hopefully I'll see you in February. Awesome. I'll see you guys soon. The news is next. This is Food & Loathing.
It is time for the news, but first I should mention that if you are interested in tickets for Alicia and Tiffany's event on February 4th, you can get them at thespacelv.com. And if you're wondering where the space is, I would say, you know those um, big panorama towers? It's sort of in the shadow of them behind it, like sort of behind Aria, behind that Harmon. Yeah. Do that Harmon underpass. We're on the west side of the road. Mm. And then there's just a little pocket of industrial (laughs) shit back there. Yeah, yeah, industrial stuff and dead strip clubs. Yeah. (laughs) So it's back there with dead strippers. No, no dead strippers. That we know No, we like strippers. We don't want dead strippers. Yeah, we do. We like living strippers, living, breathing strippers. Yeah, right. Uh, Now, on with the news. And we're going to start with two stories on a pair of sisters. First, the RJ's Jonathan Wright is reporting that Alessandra Madeira is preparing to open a new Water Street restaurant called Azura Cucina Italiana next month. Madeira was the executive chef at the Old Battalion, and she's also spent a couple of years cooking at Esther's Kitchen. Um, so, you know, and she learned a lot from her sister, yeah. the other sister Who's that? who is here. Um, celebrity chef Carla Pellegrino oh, is cooking yeah. in Las Vegas once again. Uh, she recently took a chef partner role at Limoncello on West Sahara, but chose not to announce it until this week. Now that it's official, and I got to say, I've been wanting to check out Limoncello for a while. I've driven by the place a lot. I always kind of looked like a chain place to me, which yeah. I didn't do a lot of research. Never went. Then there was a pandemic and, you know, all sort of shit oh, happened. That. Yeah. And, um, you just described my entire relationship with Limoncello. <laughs> right. And then what happened was I did the, the survey for the new Neon Feast and some people, or just for our updates, I should say, but some people were recommending it who I really respected. So it's on my short list of places to go. And then I hear that Carla is going to be, is now cooking there. So um, now that it's official, Sue and I dropped by to have some of her famous meatballs, as well as some massive prawns, delicious octopus, nice piece of chili and sea bass, and to chat with Carla about her new gig. So, wow, Carla, um, this is the first time I've been in Limoncello, and I've been wanting to try it for a little while, but the fact that I found out that you are cooking here, holy crap, I had to get my butt in here. So how long you been here? This is, this is big news to me. Oh, well, how long I've been here since yesterday, since you guys saw it on Las Vegas Review? Not really. You know, I got back from, from West Hollywood. I came, I came from California. I got back uh, two months ago. And uh, I, I wanted to step in slowly, you know, because I am very respectful. We have a whole different team here. That the, the place was already running for three years. I, don't, I didn't want to lie. I, I didn't want to hurt anybody, anybody's ego. You know, and I want to make sure that they know I'm not a threat. But at the same time, I wanted to change. I obviously you could not change the whole menu. So I left the menu because it's very classic. What I did change already was the basic, the way to do things. So, you know, my, my hands are there. I change, I, you know, the face of the food, the taste, you know my food, you're going to know <laughs> tonight, hopefully. <laughs> so what made you decide to come back to Las Vegas? You've been in and out of Las Vegas a lot over the past few years. You've had projects, some of which are consulting projects, not really your own restaurants, but you've been doing a lot over the past few years, but it's been in and out. So what made you want to come? Are you going to be a permanent presence here? Uh, I do have a five years contract with another five years, so I guess yes, this time <laughs> Vegas got me. But uh, yeah, it sounds like a like a horror movie kind of thing. I keep like I go to Ve- I, I go to California. It's always California, and something just sucked me back in. Vegas loves me. What can I tell you? <laughs> it's not always California. You went up and you were in a national park somewhere too for a while. <laughs> yes, I went to the Yosemite. I went there for one year, but I, I needed that. I need that. That was what was after Battalion closing. And I want to just to clean up my mind, and I still have to pay the bills, right? So I just want to be 
give you away for the limelight, but do it what I like and I get in my money there and be in touch with, with nature. So my friend, you know, was, it is the vice president of Aramark. And it was a good, it was a good call, was a good invitation. And I got that. It was beautiful. And uh, now I'm here for, for, for good, I guess. Summerlin, <laughs> Summerlin resident. I cannot even believe. <laughs> well, you're a Summerlin lady now. So what made you want to come back to Vegas? Uh, I know Giuseppe for I know Giuseppe for about twelve years and, already, and that's the owner of this restaurant. He's the owner, Giuseppe Bavarese, and uh, he I, I know him since me boss part, and uh, he was there. He always asked me to do something with him. He he showed me a couple of space. Oh, I, I, I was always so busy. I never had the time or the needed to actually stop and listen to him. But then he, he was the one that sent me to Touche in Miami. He knows Dennis DeGore and all the guys for 11. And he yeah, brought me there. And when I was there, he was asking me if I wanted to open something in Chinatown here. So then I heard that he opened Prosecco. It was next to Retalian. And I, I was very happy for him. At the time, he asked me if I want to come with him. I said no. And at this time, he'd been calling me. I know he called me like every week in L.A. And he asked me to come here and talk over a glass of wine. And uh, he offered me a little bit more than work for him. He, wa- he offered me partnership. And uh, the whole point, he- it is to become a restaurant group and open up all the places. And uh, I really like that idea. The-, the-, the idea that we actually can grow, that we can do other things together, that's what brought me back to Vegas. For good, I guess. <laughs> awesome. So what touches, what Carla Pellegrino touches are you going to be bringing to this menu? Well, have you put any dishes on so far? Do you have any that are in mind that you're going to do? Because so many people in this town know your food. We love yeah. your food. We've eaten it at several restaurants. So I'm curious, where are we going to get our tastes of Carla Pellegr- Chef Carla Pellegrino's food at Limoncello? Uh, it is already because uh, my food is very t- traditional Italian. So I can actually use exactly the same names that, that in there. And it, it is my food. So like the meatballs already, marinara. So all the basic of the food is mine. So the food is mine. Okay. Even if we left the same names. However, I, I am adding the, 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 the pappardelle with the, with the porcini fung this week. And by uh, February, we're gonna introduce a little bit of a new menu. I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave on the menu two or three classic that people love it because he has a lot of regular and, uh, things that like, like the giant prawn that we have because here, I see, you see, it's gonna become like a little bit like, you know, like, like a Greek restaurant. We have this market, this fish market, you have fresh fish. So this, I'm gonna leave the whole fish. It's things that is not really like, it's not all by creation by something very nice to be available for the customers but the food is already mine you get you you see okay. <laughs> you will taste it but by by february i'm going to be announcing a, a new menu and now open new downtown a brand new food hall that's in a brand new addition to the fremont hotel and casino right at third and fremont There are six offerings in the new food hall, as well as a whole bunch of new slot machines and a beautiful sports book. I talked all about it with Andre Filosi, the GM of the Fremont and Boyd's other two downtown properties. We're very pleased. It came out beautiful. It's a great attraction. It's great for downtown. We couldn't be more pleased with how it turned out. The selection of places, a couple of recognizable names, a couple of new names. Absolutely. So we got some national brands with Steak and Shake and also with Duncan. 
And we got some regional brands with Craft uh, Kitchen and Roly Roti's local. So just fantastic. Tell me about the, the sports book. That's pretty. Absolutely. So FanDuel, great partner of Boyd. It's a, a FanDuel-branded sports book. We couldn't be more pleased to have them here and, and, and to just strengthen that brand with Boyd Gaming. Thank you for opening up new slots and new video poker because when they're new, they're always a little loose. I picked up four quads and about 140 bucks in 10 minutes at the bar. Hey, we love that. Beginner's luck, you know, new machines. They're ready to hit. They're ready to pop. So congratulations on hitting the four of a kind. And the Fancy Food Show returns to Las Vegas this week, taking place Sunday through Tuesday at the Las Vegas Convention Center. We will all be there, and we hope to have a lot to report next week. It's going to be the whole show next week. I hope so. Oh, that's going to be great. Don't go yeah, promising yeah. things. You never know what happens. <laughs> oh, you ever true. show up at an event and you get fucking nobody? I've been backstage at the Grammys and like nobody comes back. <laughs> right. My bosses are all like, what interviews did you get? I'm like, fucking nobody. nobody. <laughs> uh, they have people for that. <laughs> for that. I so still... do the Grammys. They have people. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, I, I've been I shut out I think I there. still have a couple of things. Speaking of fridges and need for cameras and all that, I think I still have a couple of things from last year's fancy food fancy. store. Oh, gosh. In the fridge. So. Oh. I know I still have some of those um, the, the hot sauce bitters, things, honey thing, different bitters, the bitters. and I've got that Camp Runamuck, um, I think it's maple bitters with yeah, yeah. Yeah. making crazy. Yeah, that's right on my shelf. I haven't Camp used Camp Runamuck, go for squirrel. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and I should also mention that the new Big Chicken location from Shaquille O'Neal, mm. uh, this is a concept mm-hmm. that was born and raised here in Las Vegas, and their first location in the world was over at Paradise Road. They've got a new location on West Tropicana. I love their chicken sandwiches. I think they're the best of the chicken sandwich wars. Yeah. I wouldn't go to war over a chicken sandwich, but if I were, <laughs> I'd be on team big fucking chicken. I had that. I was very good chicken. I went in the first time thinking I might get actual chicken, and was a little disappointed that I didn't get chicken on the bone. But as chicken sandwiches go, you are correct. And it's great because they have a full bar. Then, then we don't need to worry. I mean, I'm not sure about this new one. I'm heading on my way over to the um, the grand opening, but um, the original one on Paradise definitely has a full. I will have to go over there. I don't think I've had one a sandwich from there yet. Chicken up, baby. Chicken up. That is about it for this week. Big thanks to all of our guests, chefs Michael Mina and Kyle Johnson, Tiffany, chef Carla Pellegrino, and that guy with the vending machine full of soup. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Tell a friend about Food and Loathing, which is available at the usual podcast places. You know that because you found it. Check Al's musings and postings on the major social media sites. Just search for Food and Loathing and reach us direct by email, info at foodandloathing.vegas. If you're interested in what I'm up to, and this month I am up to dry January. I'm not exactly succeeding, but I am trying. <laughs> I am being honest. At least, or is it oh, absolutely. totally that part, that part is fine. Okay. I'm just t- talking alcohol. Right. And uh, But yeah, you can find me out on the socials at Wishbone and Vine. Cool. And oops, my turn. If you yeah. haven't done it yet, download the <laughs> Neon Feast app and use it to find your next dining destination. Man, whatever you need, whatever you want, mm. you'll find it on the Neon Feast app. Or over at NeonFeast.com. And if you want to see me on TV, you can catch me at Wake Up with the CW every other Wednesday around 8, 10 a.m. And, of course, the radio, the Neon Feast update on The Vibe. All three of them. 99.7 in Vegas, 98.1 in the high desert, and 98.9 at the river. Also every Thursday morning around 8, 10 a.m. on The Club, which is AM 670 KMZQ. With Samantha Gemini Stevens and Rich Johnson, I'm Al Mancini. Stay hungry. <laughs>